Now, it happened to me again this week. Every once in a while, I'll be out and about, and I'll um, run into someone, and it becomes very apparent very quickly that at some place in this universe, at some time within eternity, we've met before. And throughout our conversation, I feel so bad, I spend most of my time in my mind asking myself, who is this person? That ever happened to you? Yeah. I feel real bad about it, and it happens all the time. And uh, what makes it even worse is I'm the worst person in the world at remembering names and faces, but it seems like the other person I'm talking to is the opposite. They've got my name down. They're asking about all my kids, asking about school, and they're talking about that, that birthmark I had. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> it happened. Right? It happens in church. You know, someone comes to church for the first time, maybe as a guest, even as a preacher. And, you know, we introduce ourselves the first Sunday and then something crazy happens and they come back the next Sunday. Right. And we figure, well, they probably remember our names. Right. Because there's only one of them and dozens of us. Right. It's the same thing. We wonder, who is that person? Well, I don't know completely that uh, that's what these disciples felt on this Easter morning, as they made their way to a village called Emmaus. These are two of Jesus' disciples. These aren't the disciples you're probably used to hearing about. Luke's the only one who tells us this story. Uh, These aren't the Peters or the Johns or the Bartholomews we all know so well. Everybody knows Bartholomew, right? Okay, whatever. (laughs) These are just two people who have heard of Jesus, probably had a chance to hear Jesus, and they believed what he said. They believed what he said about himself and they have considered themselves to be disciples. Now, we know next to nothing about the place called Emmaus. But what we kind of gather is that maybe these two disciples are on their way home. Remember, this has been a busy weekend in Jerusalem. God's people, the Jewish people, have come from all over to celebrate Passover. at the temple together. This is like Easter for them, if you know what I mean. Everybody comes. Everybody is expected to be there. They've just come from all that. And now, as with all good things, even church, it ends sometime and you have to go home. Isn't that how you feel when church is over? Oh, man, I have to leave here and now I have to go home. Isn't that what you're all thinking when we leave? You lying. You're like, hurry up, lunch, right? Yeah, I know you guys. We've been together too long now. We, I know. But as they're making their way to Emmaus, talking about this whole weekend, everything that's happened, someone shows up. Now, maybe they wondered to themselves, who is this guy? But as far as Luke tells the story, Jesus is a stranger to them. And the stranger shows up and says, hey, guys, what are you talking about? Uh, Where have you been? Under a rock? Don't you know about these things that have happened? Of course, the stranger says, well, no, I've been behind a rock. Thank you very much. But um, (laughs) what things? What things are you talking about? I don't know, what things do you talk about when you leave church? Is it about what God has done? 
It's about what you've experienced. It's about maybe the word you've heard. It's about the feeling you had during prayer. It's about something or someone you got to share worship with. What things? Jesus asked. The stranger asked them. And there's a couple things about their response to the stranger that I think are important for us, at least for this morning, I think, that can give us uh, some words of truth and encouragement. The first thing is, well, they, they say, well, the things of Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, strong of power indeed before God and before people. Now, if we just take their answer for what it is, that's a pretty good answer about what Jesus was and what he had done and about the things that had gone on. I mean, as Jesus has gone through, if you remember some of these gospel stories, people have compared him to Elijah, the prophet. People have looked at the things that he said, things that he's done, and they've said, man, this guy has to be like one of the prophets of old. So for them to make that connection, that seems reasonable. That's a good thing. He was a prophet, strong in power and word. So many times we're told that as Jesus spoke, people were just tuned in. Their hearts were burning. They were hanging on every single word. Yes, he was a prophet mighty indeed and in word before God. It seems like that's only half the answer. It seems that maybe with everything that's gone on this weekend, with everything that they've seen... They didn't get to the second part of the answer. They, they, they had hoped, they had wanted the, the second part of the answer to be real. Maybe at a time they, they understood it and they thought they had their minds wrapped around it. They thought it was here, but today, well, it seems like he's just a prophet. Just a prophet strong in power and word. And they couldn't make the connection Jesus was a son of man. Jesus was a son of God. Which throughout Luke, that's what Jesus has said he is. I am the son of man. I am, when you look at me, you see God. And those disciples only had half of their answer that day as they walked with the stranger. Sometimes I'm convinced we only have half the answer as well. Maybe, yeah, we know Christ is, is something Something good, something powerful. But we're missing another part of the answer. Maybe as we come each and every week, we come to find more and more of that answer. What does it mean that Jesus is a prophet? What does it mean that Jesus is the Son of Man? How does that have any bearing on our life? seems like that's what we have to figure out as we're walking. Because just like them, when the fun was over at church, they walked home. And where are you probably going to go sometime today after church? Some of you will walk. I know I'm going to walk. Right behind the church. But as we go home, what does it mean for us as we think about Christ being... Son of God for us. Sometimes I wonder if it's hard for us to make that second connection because of the, the other part of, of their answer. 
You know, they say, well, the things that have happened with Jesus of Nazareth, he was a prophet, mighty in power and deed, and our chief priests and others, they arrested him, they took him. Man, let me tell you about what happened on Friday. It was horrific. Because we had hoped he was the one. And I don't know if you can feel some of the um, emotion that, that I read into that, those three words, we had hoped. Friends, it is, it, it is nothing I can explain fully with any words that come to my mind. It is something low when you feel like you've lost your hope. And, and I want to remind you that sometimes we have this crazy assumption, or maybe it's not an assumption, maybe it's something we've been told by somebody, that, you know, if you come to Jesus and you meet Jesus, everything is fine. Well, that's not what we always see, is it? There are times when our hope feels like something lost. Our hope feels like something maybe we had before, but let me tell you about what's going on right now. And it's in that moment that the stranger meets those disciples when I feel like maybe all of their hope that they had built up over however long Jesus has been around, that hope is gone. We had hoped. Now, the easy thing for me to, to do is to say, okay, yeah, their hope was, was, was vanished uh, at this point. It was gone. But they met Jesus. Jesus takes them on down. And then everybody lived happily ever after. That's kind of how the story worked out a little bit, right? They, they finally get to a point where they realize, this is Jesus. As they sat at the table with the stranger, and the stranger took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened. Luke says. And it's easy for me to tell you, you know what, if you've lost hope, ha, just come to Jesus and everything will be okay. But I think you guys are smarter than that. I think we know that sometimes we just, we have to struggle, don't we? That our hope gets tested. But I will tell you this. Our hope is in something greater than what's going on around us. Our hope is caught up in the things that happened that the disciples described to the stranger they met on their way to Emmaus. There is hope in all of those things, despite of everything else around. The truth is, even with all the hope we have, you know this, don't you? Those terrible things around us still happen. I, mean, I sit and watch the news every day, and I, are they ever going to find this plane? Probably not. And what about these 255 young girls who were kidnapped from their school in Africa to be sold to slavery for $12? You know the reality? Those girls will probably never see their family again. That's around the world. That's on TV. What about at home? There are times we wonder, is this ever going to get better? 
Sometimes we struggle with, am I ever going to be able to make sense of anything that is happening? Friends, those are real feelings. I will remind you, that stranger did come to meet those disciples when their hope was lost. And I'm convinced today that he still does the same. Don't lose hope. Hope will be tested. Hope will be stretched sometimes. Don't lose it. Maybe, just maybe, in the breaking of the bread today, or any other time we come together, maybe, just maybe, as that bread is lifted up, as it's blessed, as it's broken, as it's offered to each one of you, maybe, just maybe, our eyes can be opened and we can see hope again. Because, friends, that is, that is the power of the resurrection. That, once, that what was once lost can be saved again. That what was once forgotten can be brought to life again. And our hope can be renewed. Sometimes we, we wonder, who is that I'm talking to? For the life of me, I know I've met you somewhere. My prayer for each one of us today is that we would know. We would know who's talking to us this morning. Amen. Amen.